Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Rick Hall, CEO of Cogenity. How are you doing today, Rick? Hey, I'm great, Andrew, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Cogenity. Yeah, great. You know, so I'm one of these guys that's been in the analytics space for like 30 years and uh, built a bunch of big analytics systems, had the fortune of building a company that I sold to Nielsen, you know, a decade ago and uh, went on to run these big analytics processes that were really helping make decisions about retail sales and pricing and all this stuff. And one of the things that I started to realize is that no matter what we did in building big central analytics systems, there was always somebody on the edge who had a different use case. They needed to take data in a different way. They needed to build a different analysis. And we didn't have any way to incorporate what they were thinking into our work. And really, you know, so that kind of observation is the genesis of what became Cogenity, where we think the power of building analytics, which used to be a central function, is now much more of an edge function. So in a data-driven company, everybody at the edge of the business needs to be able to use data to make decisions, and they need to be able to create their own analysis, and they need tooling other than just like load the data into Excel and hope for, your, hope for the best. They need tooling that allows them to do this work. So you know, the origin story of Cogenity is to solve this problem that I had observed where I'd been and in my career. Uh, and so what we have is a set of analytic tools that are designed to support uh, these edge users, business analysts, and to allow them to collaborate uh, both with each other and with their engineering partners. Um, because the engineers are still critical. Uh, they're just not going to do the whole job anymore. Yeah, not not every company has data engineers in-house who understand how to, you know, level set all the legacy systems and and uh, capture all that siloed data the way you can. That's uh, excellent. What what verticals are you servicing with this product? I mean, we're kind of we're pretty horizontal, but the biggest verticals for us are those that are, you know, very data intensive industries. So, insurance, healthcare, financial services, retail, and government. Those are the probably the five where we see our deepest engagement. And typically, I mean, we support everything from one or two user uh, you know, groups to our big customers or 3,000, 4,000 you know, seats. Excellent. And, and what are the most common problems you're solving for these customers? It, it's, it's this broad problem of how they can uh, empower people to build their own analysis, right? So, you know, if you take, a, let's take a large insurance company mm -hmm. uh, where we might have 4,000 users uh, and 60% of those users are not in analytics. They're in claims management, they're in risk, they're in banking, they're throughout the business. Uh, and the organization has realized that these people, thousands of people need to make data-driven decisions. So, we give them tooling that lets them access their corporate data wherever it is. So, you know, these big companies have data in a million different places. Uh, it used to be they were trying to put it all in one place uh, that for 
the most part, that's impossible for mm -hmm. big organizations. So we access data wherever it is. We give them the tooling, let them build that analysis. So, you know, a claims, somebody who's in claims management might be, you know, looking at the problem of what's the, you know, ratio of uh, rejected claims to how much we're paying relative to types of customers. Somebody who's in telecommunications might be looking at a churn, right? And uh, it's so the, the problem is different, but the larger problem is the same, is that people at the edge of the business need to make data-driven decisions and they need tooling to do it. And and your your system is user-definable or or do you handhold on the front end so that you configure the system to their needs? Yeah, it's really uh, user-definable. So uh, a customer can get up and running with the tool in, in a day. Wow. Um, and there's lots of tutorials and other things. And, you know, they certainly, we can provide help if they need it, but it's really designed to, you know, walk up, sign up and go, right? And uh, and be very much a self-service environment. Um, and, you know, that's uh, that's worked well for us. Excellent. And And what makes you guys stand out from your competition? So, you know, first it's this, this recognition that you need this collaboration between the edge and the engineering team, right? So there are companies that specialize in the engineering solution. There are companies that specialize in these really simple tools for analysts, right? There really aren't many who are really creating this collaborative experience. So that's a, that's a big differentiator, you know, for us. Uh, collaborative intelligence is what we call the approach. And we think we're really the only ones doing it the way we are. That has to feel empowering on the user end, because for, for the most part, they just have to deal with whatever data they are allowed to have access to at their company, as opposed to being able to, to control the input and the output like that. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it is interesting. I mean, because there are still companies out there who have this very lockdown view of the world, right? We're going to do it all centrally and then we're going to give the results to the end user. And frankly, they're not our customer, right? Sure. Uh, but there are more and more organizations that really see the need to uh, empower people and, you know, that, uh, but they don't want to just turn them loose and have total chaos, right? So, you know, this ability to collaborate and then what we use a term called curation, mm -hmm. which basically means we're going to take the best analysis and make it reusable uh, so that others can build on top of it. You know, I, I sometimes say that it used to be in analytics, we had an engineering paradigm. And what that meant is I'd go to you and I'd say, what, what do you need? And you describe something to me and I would go and build it. And, you know, that should be the end of it. Right. But I would deliver it to you. And then you would come back to me and say, well, that's great. Now I have this other question. And then the engineering paradigm would be like, well, if you just told me that up front, I would have built it in, right? Yep. Um, so blame the user, right? But it took a long time to realize that, in fact, you might know the problem that you have, but you don't know the analysis that's going to lead to the aha moment. Mm -hmm. So you really need to be iterative. And this engineering paradigm is not designed to be iterative, right? And then business changes all the time, same thing. So if you think of what we think is it's a biology paradigm. And you know, if you think of a biology paradigm, what that ultimately means is that things are gonna grow. Lots of things are gonna grow at the edge in the field. Some of them are gonna sprout up to be you know, the king trees of the forest. 
we don't know which one. So we're going to fertilize everything. And then when we say curate, we're going to find the ones that are the best, you know, call that our support for evolution and, uh, and promote those to be uh, reusable and extensible. That, that makes so much sense. As, as companies are scaling and merging and being acquired, you have to level the playing field, which is not easy with legacy systems and data in so many places. And yeah, it sounds, yeah. sounds like your, your approach is flexible enough to cover those needs. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I, we have a customer, it's one of the, you know, top 15 companies in the world and they buy a new business like every year. Right. They, you know, and it's, they're not like buying a $10 million business. They're buying a hundred million dollar or $2 billion. And of course they already have their own data infrastructure. Right. So the idea that they would all put all that data in one place is just, it's never going to happen. Right. But if they have a common set of tools and they can light up those tools for those people the next day, it's like, Hey, we have a analytic platform that anybody can use to get to your data. You can start using that two days after we've done the acquisition, even if you have a completely different data environment. Now that's empowering and that's flexible. And that's what we do. Uh, that's excellent. Is there a particular size or type of company that you work best with? So I think it's it, it's less about size and more about how they think about data, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, do they do they see themselves as a data-driven business or are they trying to become a data-driven business? And mm -hmm. some businesses, you know, the, the yes, data is important, but they're really not about data. They're, you know, they got some manufacturing process. And there's some data coming off of that, but it, there's you don't have all this variation, right? So it's uh, it's those industries uh, where you have this recognition uh, that that they want to be data driven, and that you know they believe they have to get out of the traditional central data warehouse and start turning things over to people at the edge. And that's you know new innovative companies. Most of them have adopted this point of view. And it's a, it certainly is a subset of big traditional industrial, you know, or organizations. So large banks, large insurance companies, you know, uh, Amazon, you know, people like that uh, that are our customers are uh, doing this. So, you know, if I, our top four customers would be Amazon, CVS, uh, USAA, and and Geico, right? And three out of the four are traditional big companies, but one, Amazon, very big, but clearly a new age company. What do they have in common? Lots of data-driven decisions and this recognition that they want to empower people the edge. But we also have little startups that have the same kind of point of view, just haven't heard of them, but they're thinking that way. Excellent. Hey, I personally do business with three of your four biggest clients. That's there you that's, go. That's I, hope you're right there. <laughs> I, I have to say their analytic, their algorithms are pretty good. So I, they're using my data properly. Um, when did you launch Cogenity? So we launched it in, in, uh, I'd laugh because we launched it in February of 2020. Oh my. So, uh, <laughs> we had, uh, <laughs> Uh, I'd acquired some assets from an older company and there were, you know, like eight people uh, and a little bit of technology. And we were going to get those people and the people I had started this new company with together in, in Colorado where I live. And we're going to have a planning meeting and literally three days before the meeting shut down, you can't travel, 
uh, we're in lockdown mode. And so from February of 2020 to, uh, uh, I, to January of 2022, uh, our team had never been in the same room. And we grew from, you know, those eight people to we're about 65 now. So we're still pretty small, but, uh, you know, it's interesting how well you can really, in fact, work in this new distributed world. If you, you know, take that as a given and you think about what processes are going to make that work. Yeah, look, not everyone thrives in the remote workplace. Not everyone thrives in a water cooler type of, you know, glass sure. window. Everybody sees you eight hours a day type environment. You, you got to put the right people in place and the right tools and processes to allow them to thrive. And uh, I typically ask people how they were able to grow their business through COVID. You had to start from the ground up at day yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, there's, there's, Obviously, the getting together part was a challenge, right? So now I'd done remote work before, and we just have certain cultural things that we do that I think help. Like, for instance, uh, you know, we, of course, like every company, we have a set of regular meetings. You know, all our meetings are, are video on, right? Mm -hmm. So you do not get on a video, on a, on a call with your video off, right? That's a rule. Um, the other thing is that an unwritten thing, but is really important, is probably the first 10 minutes of every meeting are like a social conversation. Yep. And it's just it's just part of our culture that we talk about, you know, what's going on before we get to business. Of course. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, and then certainly there are certain kinds of people who need to be in an office and they naturally don't gravitate to our firm. But the thing that really has been interesting is, you know, I've been in the business for a long time and, you know, I, I booked a lot of jet fuel to go see customers. <laughs> yep. uh, and, you know, I got a couple million miles on United Airlines amongst others. And, uh, you know, what's been interesting is that how much as you look at that now, how much of that travel was really kind of like vanity travel, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you went to see a customer in the process of doing a sale because that was the expectation. So you got on a plane, flew to wherever, had a meeting, went to the hotel, took them to dinner, get up the next day, fly to the next place, right? It's expensive, time consuming. It's a terrible lifestyle. Uh, and, you know, so COVID came and they don't want you anywhere near their office, right? Like, First of all, they're not in their office. Second of all, they don't want to actually physically. So we've really seen how technology gets sold change mm -hmm. in a way that's really positive. Uh, and sure, some meetings really do make sense, but we do a lot via, you know, Zoom. And that's, you know, probably saved us a ton of money, which in the startup phase, we really needed, Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think it actually probably was good for us. Hey, think about how much you've reduced your company's carbon footprint. Something as simple as that, right? I mean, it, yeah. you extrapolate or you multiply by every company that's gone remote. I mean, yes, the, the, the airlines and hotel industry must be reeling in terms of the impact of them. But in terms of the planet, it's probably a good thing. Well, yeah, it, except for I have to say, we have some digital nomads who like 
you know, like I'm in Bali this week and, you know, <laughs> then, uh, you know I don't even know where they are until they show up on the call. Like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, so uh, but no, it generally a uh, lot less travel. It works for us. You know, we get together. So we have a couple of meetings, you know, on a regular basis where certain teams get together. Uh, but other than that, you know, we're we're distributed and we're remote. Excellent. Let's switch gears to the marketing world for a second. What role has content played in the growth of Cogenity? Uh, it's huge and becoming more important, right? So, uh, you know, buyers today, certainly technology buyers, before they ever get into a real conversation with you, they're almost always doing research, right? They're on the web, they're Googling, you know, kinds of things. They're finding things that they're interested in. And it can range from somebody who's looking up a problem says, how do I insert data into a database? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we have a bunch of tutorials and that might lead to our website, to a page that explains that. And then they might see about our product and then they might start engaging in a little bit more research. And so, uh, you know, content is critical to engage people where they are in their problem journey, right? So I don't even like to call it a buying journey. I call it a problem journey, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or you call it a solution journey, whatever you want, right? And somewhere in that, maybe there's a buying decision. But if you think about it as somebody's got a problem, uh, I can understand different types of problems and I'm trying to create content that's going to engage them in that problem journey and then that will lead them to not only that engagement, but ultimately to our product and to purchase. And that's critical. I love that. You, you have to meet people where they are. Uh, sometimes they're unaware of a state-of-the-art piece of technology or something new. So you have to leverage what they're looking for, which may be previous right. technology and previous solutions, but there has to be a breadcrumb trail towards what you do and what solutions you offer. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know you guys, you know, think about SEO and so search is, uh, you know, one of the ways that people find us and, you know, and that's sometimes a document it's increasingly video, uh, but, you know, content is king. You speak our language there. All right. Fast forward a year from today. What, what are some things you'd like to be celebrating, <clears throat> excuse me, personally and professionally? Well, you know, uh, let's start with the business side since that's what's on top of my mind. Uh, you know, it's really just, you know, kind of value-driven growth, right? So, uh, you know, for us, what makes it value-driven? Well, the, the, the most clear metric is renewals and expansion, right? So mm -hmm. if customers are renewing every year and they're increasing the amount of stuff they're doing with them, that only happens when they're satisfied with what your product is, right? So I think of that as the health metric that underlies our entire business is net customer retention, mm -hmm. uh, which is about renewals and, and expansion. Um, and, uh, uh, and then on top of it, of course, it's new customer, you know, acquisition and growth. And, you know, so we're in a growth stage of our business. So growth is really key. So, you know, that customer satisfaction and the growth that goes with it is key. And, you know, we are aiming to keep that rolling. Um, and, you know, then, you know, personally, uh, I really enjoy doing this. You know, I've this is my fourth rodeo in the startup space. Um, so I could have been 
just skiing all winter long, <laughs> you know, because I live in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction out of you know building teams and you know building a business and. You know, I'm I mix that with because I do live in the mountains, I get to go out and ski and hike and you know do those things. And you know, I don't really that lifestyle, that balance, if I could just keep that rolling, that's all good. Work-life balance. It is an elusive, slippery slope we're all chasing. And uh if you have some insight, you might be able to launch <laughs> a, launch a book in that <laughs> to tell people how to go about it. All right. Please tell everyone what your URL is, where they can find Cogenity and what social media outlets you're using these days. Yeah. So uh, it's Cogenity.co. So uh, that's important, not .com. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, we do a fair amount of, uh, you know, just posting that ends up in in uh, in Google. We're not on Facebook. So we're, you know, we're a little bit more business oriented, but that's that's where to find us. Excellent. Rick Hall of Cogenity, I wish you and yours and Cogenity all the best in the future. May that elusive work-life balance just be perfect for you up in the mountains. And I appreciate you spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. Yeah, Andrew, it's great to have this conversation. I hope it was helpful to your audience and I look forward to talking again in the future. Excellent. Be well. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.